Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. tonight. I pray that you would anoint this word to the hearts and the lives of people that have gathered here. I pray that you would strengthen them through it. I pray, oh God, that you would work in our lives, encourage and bless and bolster our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. The statement that the Apostle Paul uses in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 may seem like nothing more than just a passing reminder in this list of admonishments that we see here. However, I believe that it's much, much more than that. Because when the Bible deals with the subject of the Spirit and Spirit baptism, It never mentions spirit baptism in partiality. It never talks about it in fractions. But it's always referred to as being filled, full, or i.e. complete, or with entirety. That's always the implication. Anytime you see uh, anyone is filled with the Holy Ghost or receives a spirit baptism, Uh, you just have the understanding through all that we read and see in the Word of God that it means to fill our lives entirely or completely. And uh, we know there's such scriptures as Colossians 2 and 9 that talks about us being complete in Him and uh, so on. So we know that when you have the Holy Ghost... uh, the Holy Ghost, to have it is to have all of you and every part of you be affected and impacted by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thus the scripture says in Acts chapter 17 and verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. So when a person is filled with the Holy Ghost, there is no room for carnality. There is no room for sin and the works of the flesh. And if that is true, if if when I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, there's no room for for sin in my life and no room for the works of the flesh to be manifest in my life, then it is imperative for a person to not only be filled with the Spirit initially, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay filled with the Spirit. And uh, that's why we believe in a constant renewal of the Holy Ghost. We do not espouse the doctrine that once you receive the Holy Ghost, there's never a need to go back and be renewed or refreshed in the Holy Ghost again. The Holy Ghost should not just mark a moment in a person's life, but when you receive the Spirit of God, It is to lead you and to give guidance to your life every day. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13 says, For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. 
But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body or the works of the flesh, in other words, ye shall live. The only way for us to really truly be alive in Him is to keep this Spirit of God renewed and refreshed in our lives. And so that requires me not just having a one-time experience in the Holy Ghost, but keeping it active and being renewed in the Holy Ghost often. I, I refer to scriptures like where Paul explained, I speak in tongues more than you all. He did say that he, he would rather speak uh, one word in a known tongue than thousands in an unknown tongue while in church. And what he was simply saying is, I don't do you any good if I come and try to teach to you and I speak in a heavenly language the whole time. But he did say, I speak in tongues more than you all. That means that in his private devotions, in his personal prayer life, he was often being renewed in the Holy Ghost. That tells me that this was not just an experience that he was uh, partaking of uh, sporadically but this was something that occurred often in his life being renewed in the Holy Ghost was important to him and he is the one uh, well he, he wrote the majority I, I realize of the New Testament in the epistles to the church but he writes the most about the renewing of the spirit and refreshing of the spirit so how do I keep the Spirit alive in me, that is through constant renewal. And just like you received it the first time when you yielded to God, having repented of your sins, you can yield to Him, and you need to yield to Him often and be renewed in your personal devotion before God and speak in tongues all over again. And in doing so, the Bible said you build up your most holy faith. In doing so, we pray about things that we don't know anything about, but the Spirit does. So when I let the Spirit pray through me, it's doing a lot of things. It's, it's strengthening my faith. It's also directing my prayers, and I'm praying about things that the Lord desires me to pray about and interceding perhaps for others. And this is so important to each of us in our relationship with God that we be sensitive enough and intuitive enough to key in to the Spirit and let it be renewed and refreshed in our life and not let it be something that is stale or let it, let it grow weak. And I think it needs to dominate our daily lives, the Holy Ghost. We live and we walk and we move by the Spirit of God in our lives. You should not view the Holy Ghost experience as an event that happened at one time and that was good, but uh, you need to be someone that is frequent when it comes to being renewed in the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, for which cause we faint not, but through our though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. We don't faint because we're renewed inwardly day by day. Now, are you trying to say, Pastor Calhoun, that it's a requirement for us to speak in tongues every day? I didn't say that. I don't believe that 
The scripture explicitly says that. But I can tell you this. I don't want to go very many days in a row without praying through and being renewed in the Holy Ghost. Because if you're not careful, you'll rely on an experience that happened months or years, maybe even decades ago. And I'm going to tell you, life situations, things that we encounter, testing of our faith that we go through, temptations that we endure in life that the Bible tells us are going to come. It requires a renewing of the Holy Ghost. And if you're not full of the Holy Ghost and staying up to date in your experience with God, because these things have a way of ebbing and taking away and subtracting uh, from you and your spirit man. And so you have to keep it strong. And the only way that you can keep it strong is to constantly go back and feed it again and be renewed in it again and be refreshed in it again. Amen? Just like you would spend natural energy, there's spiritual energy that ebbs out of you through walking in this world, this wicked world that we're a part of, this sinful world that you and I live in, that the Bible says that we're to be pilgrims and sojourners in. We understand that the only way that I can keep the strength and the ability uh, to confront all of those things and to continue to make the right choices and decisions in life is through the Spirit leading me and giving guidance to those decisions. And so I need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. In Colossians, the third chapter, the Apostle Paul is describing the Spirit-filled life. In verse 1, he says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Amen. You, your desires change when you get a feeling of the Holy Ghost. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you don't have the same desires that you did before you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Your spiritual appetite totally changes once you receive the Holy Ghost. Things you used to desire, things you used to enjoy, you suddenly disdain and you, you, you really have a, a total abhorrence for. Things that used to really be attractive to you suddenly uh, have no appeal to you anymore. Things that, that you used to always dwell and think upon, suddenly uh, that's not your focus any longer because you're filled with the Holy Ghost and your affections are on the things of God. He, he says in verse 2 here, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. And in verse 5, he said, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And then in verse 8, But now ye also, now ye also put off all things, anger, wrath, Malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Verse 9, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10, and have put on 
the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And so we understand that this renewal of the Holy Ghost affects and impacts every part of our lives, not just one compartment. You see, when you're really full of the Holy Ghost, you're not just a Sunday Christian. When you're really full of the Holy Ghost, it does not just affect you on the weekends. It does not affect your choices just part of the time. But you're a full-time, consistent child of God that lives to please God every day, 24-7. Your affections are on the things that are above and not on the things of this earth. You're not so concerned with pleasing men. You're not so concerned with the things of this life and the achievements and the accomplishments of this world as much as you are pleasing God and receiving that most important accolade that anybody could receive, and that is eternal life. And living and being with Jesus throughout all of eternity is what we're all looking forward to. But to get there is going to require us being renewed in the Holy Ghost. So I could state to you, and I believe I could prove it scripturally, that it takes renewal and requires renewal for you to stay saved. It's one thing to be saved. You say, I got the Holy Ghost, and I repented of my sins. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in His name back in 76, and I haven't needed any more since then. I don't believe that. I believe that you needed it the next day. And I understand that new converts and people that come into this for the first time, they can, uh, you know, they can live because this is so new and so fresh to them that, you know, it's, it's almost like for a little while they go on that spiritual adrenaline for uh, a few weeks. But then it's like they come head on with the devil. And they understand that I do have an adversary. They understand that this is not going to be pedal pushing from here on out. But this is going to take an effort on my part. And I'm going to have to stay renewed in the Holy Ghost to be able to do it. I'm going to tell you the greatest insurance against you backsliding is to stay full of the Holy Ghost. The greatest insurance in, uh, to keep you from becoming offended as a child of God is to stay full of the Holy Ghost. The greatest insurance for you not allowing some, some spirit of the world to invade your heart and, and to cause you to get off track is to stay full of the Holy Ghost. The greatest, you listen to me, the greatest insurance against someone getting off into false doctrine or heresy is to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You'll be able to recognize a counterfeit if you're full of the Holy Ghost. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll understand that this doesn't have the right ring to it. I know it sounds good and it sounds exciting and it looks appealing and all of that, but there's something that isn't right about it. I'm going to tell you that's needed in this hour because there's so many deceptive spirits that are out there that are leading people astray that are almost right but have just enough wrong in them to cause people to be lost. So it's important that I stay full of the Holy Ghost. Paul is teaching his young protege, Titus, and he says in 3 and 5 of Titus, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. I'm going to tell you, just getting the rules down 
is not enough. Just saying, well, I, I got everything taken care of externally here and I got it all, I got it, I can check off all the boxes and I've been able to do that for some period of time and so I got it all figured out and externally I look the part and I act the part and I talk the part. That is great, but that, you got, you got the cart before the horse. That is the outgrowth of the Spirit's work in your life. And if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, it's going to be impossible for you to sustain that over time. The only way that you can consistently live for God and the only way that you can consistently obey the Word of God and do all that the Word of God asks us to do is to stay full of the Holy Ghost because it is a result of the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Because it's not in us, but it's greater is He that is within me. Amen. That's how I overcome sin. I don't overcome sin in my flesh as far as my own ability is concerned. There's none of us that can outsmart the devil. There's none of us that are more powerful in our flesh than the temptations that are out there. You say, well, I've just got a strong constitution and strong will. I promise you there'll be something to come along that'll prove you're not nearly as strong as you think you are. You've got to rely on the Spirit of God. You've got to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration. That's that first experience. And renewing. Don't forget, after you, you've been regenerated, after you came to the altar the first time, you experienced Acts 2.38 the first time, you're going to have to go back and be renewed in the Holy Ghost again. You're going to have to be refreshed in the Holy Ghost again. You're going to have to get back to that altar and make the altar your friend and be refreshed in the Spirit of God once more. Amen. And go from that strength and live in that strength today and then when tomorrow gets here, the opportunity avails itself. Get back into the presence of the Lord and be renewed all over again. It's amazing how much the Scripture deals with spiritual renewal and teaches us how it impacts not just one, one facet of our lives, but all facets of our lives. And as I was reading and studying about this, one of the things that, that I see reoccurring in the Scripture is how that renewal in the Spirit affects the mind. And I thought how needed that is in this hour that we're living in. You cannot, again, I want to re restate this, you cannot consistently perform or act in a way contrary to the way you believe in your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you can't perform out, you, you may be able to act for a little while, but you can't consistently do that in longevity if you don't have a renewal of your mind. And the scripture deals with this. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 and 23 says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, and that ye put on, you understand there were some things that had to be put off Amen. There's 
There's times when maybe you're struggling to be renewed in the spirit. You're struggling to be refreshed and, 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 and restored in the Holy Ghost. Maybe there's some things that you need to put off. You say, well, it's been a long time since I spoke in tongues. Maybe you need to go back and, and do it just like you did the first time. You remember the first time you received the Holy Ghost, you had to repent. That was a prerequisite. You couldn't get around that. You had to die out to the will of the flesh. This carnal man had to be crucified at an altar. You had to come and, and repent of those sins and turn from those sins. Put that old man off, in other words. And then it's easy to put on the new man at that point, which is after God, which is which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So righteousness again and holiness does not come as a result of a fleshly mindset or a fleshly self-righteousness, in other words. But we receive righteousness through the Holy Ghost being filled up in our heart and life, being in, indwelled with the Holy Ghost. That's how righteousness manifests itself in our lives. Can you say praise the Lord? Renewing affects the mind. And this is important, especially in this period of worry and fear and anxiety and doubts and all the negativity and the attacks on the mind and the stress that, that people are having to, to be confronted with almost daily. It's quite an ordeal that, that people are dealing with in this world. You know, even before this pandemic, a lot of these things were common in our lives. The stress level, the pressure level has probably never been as it is today. People are you know, they're, they're, they're facing things not just in one area, but maybe several areas. They have job pressure. They have family pressure. They have financial pressure. All these different things. But aren't you thankful that when you get the Spirit of God, that you don't, you're, you, you don't, have, to, you don't have to live in worry. and You don't have to live in anxiety. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live uh, constantly under the, the pressure uh, Romans 12 and 2 said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's impossible for me to be able to do the will of God, the perfect will of God for my life, if I don't stay renewed in the Holy Ghost and refreshed often in the Spirit of God. So we understand that renewal is important for us to keep a sound mind, which the Bible talks about. For us to keep peace of mind, it's important that we stay full of the Holy Ghost. Can I just talk to you tonight about the power of the Holy Ghost and how it impacts all parts of your life, not just one area, not just one aspect, not just one part, not just, not just, your, uh, not just your life on Sunday, but in every aspect of your life, you can be impacted by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what true spirit 
filling is all about. That's what it means to be full of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We see here what affects conversation. It, it affects my mind and what I dwell upon. And it, it affects my daily living. It affects my choices. We read in the book of Revelation 3 and 18 where it talks about being our eyes being anointed with eye salve. I'm going to tell you, it's important that you receive renewing of the Holy Ghost so that you will have a vision that God wants you to have. Because there be, there's so many things and so many uh, issues in this life that confront us daily that if we're not extremely careful, we'll, we'll lose clarity as to what our purpose is in this earth as a church. We'll lose clarity what our individual purpose is in the kingdom of God. But there's something about it. It comes clear to us when we get back down to the altar and are renewed in the Holy Ghost again. Suddenly I see that there's a work to be done. Suddenly I see the potential of what God can do in my life. Suddenly I see that God wants to work and use me. And it all happens when I'm renewed and filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's talk about some of the attributes of being filled with the Spirit in the individual's life. I was reading and studying there in Acts and just walking through as it talked about various things that occurred in these people's lives after receiving the Holy Ghost or being filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you understand that the Apostle Peter was not always the powerful Pentecostal preacher he was in Acts chapter 2. Matter of fact, it isn't too long before that that you find him to be a very vacillating, unstable individual that at one point was willing to take off a servant of the high priest's ear and at another point just a few hours later was fleeing in denial that he even knew the Lord. But that was all before the Holy Ghost empowerment came to his life. On the day of Pentecost, of course, he was among those that were filled with the Holy Ghost. And when he came out of that room, he remembered his purpose. Suddenly it became clear to him again what the Lord had spoke to him, that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And to you I'm giving the keys to the kingdom. I'm giving you a message to preach, Apostle Peter. And I want you to stand up with holy boldness and preach it. And it was him that stood up and begin to preach on the day of Pentecost. And as a result of that, there was 3,000 converts that were also filled with the Holy Ghost that day. So this man that was once unstable, inconsistent, vacillating, suddenly stability came to his life. Suddenly, through the empowerment and being filled with the Holy Ghost, he understands his purpose. And he never looked back from that point on all the way until he, he dies as a martyr of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He keeps his, his focus on the things of God. And he pushes forward for great revival. And we read about one thing after another through the first portion of the book of Acts where the Lord used the apostle Peter to do great exploits. Something happened I'll tell you what it was. It was simple as this. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. 
I'm going to tell you, if you if you vacillated and you and you've went back and forth and you've been unstable, you've been inconsistent in your relationship with God, the thing that you need to do is make sure that I stay full of the Holy Ghost. Because in staying full of the Holy Ghost, you'll realize that there's a thing that God wants me to do and He's called me to do in this hour and I'm going to do it with boldness. I'm not going to I'm not going to shy away from it. He gives me the confidence. He gives me the strength. He gives me the empowerment. He gives me the anointing to do so. Hallelujah. That's in Acts chapter 2, of course, and that's probably one of the uh, areas that we often refer to. But in Acts chapter 4, you understand, persecution came upon the church. And the Bible says that they were scattered because Saul, who would later become the Apostle Paul, but in this time period, Saul was persecuting the church and throwing people into jail and as they were persecuted the Bible said they were scattered isn't it amazing that that is exactly what was promised that was what was spoken on the day of Pentecost that it would go from Jerusalem Judea Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth and that is exactly what you see occurring just a couple of chapters later in Acts chapter 4 went into Judea and then Samaria. Going to Samaria was a big deal for these folks because they had never accepted the Samaritans. There was, of course, racial prejudice there. But I'm going to tell you, acceptance into the church, I'm I'm certain that in some places, thank God I don't feel that here, that there is a a prejudice against uh, various ethnic groups or whatever, At least I hope that's not the case. And I don't think that we as Holy Ghost people uh, should ever have that kind of spirit or attitude. Matter of fact, it's proof we don't. uh, It's proof that we're full of the Spirit when we don't have that kind of spirit and attitude. Amen? But... You know, when when you really get full of the Holy Ghost, you understand this is for whosoever will. No matter what walk of life they come from, what side of the tracks that they lived on, their status in life, it doesn't matter. All of that doesn't matter. And, And people, in other words, I know we think of it as, well, they were Samaritans and there was this, this problem between them and the Jews. Uh, but, but, you know, it goes deeper than that. We could talk about it in terms deeper than that. And I think it's important that we do so. Because all of us, all of us, there's folks that are different. There's folks that come from different backgrounds that we don't relate to as well as others. And, you know, a lot of times it has to do with a person's raising or it has uh, with the influences of their life growing up. But I'm going to tell you, when it comes to the gospel, those barriers, those walls have to come down. Well, I didn't get quite as many amens as we need to, but that ought to be 100%. I'm going to tell you, this thing is open to whosoever will. 
It's open to the person that has been addicted. It's open to the person that has been deep in sin. It's open to the person that comes from a lifestyle that, that is uh, uh, something other than what you've ever, you've ever uh, been associated with or anything that you know about. But you know what? When the blood cleanses, it cleanses thoroughly. When the Holy Ghost comes, it changes radically. It transforms a person's life. We have to believe that. We can't have that attitude. Well, I don't know if I want them sitting down in the pew for me. They used to be a thief. Or they used to do thus and so. Well, the writer said such were some of you. Amen. Let's don't get let's don't get all haughty because it's been a few years since we were out there and we were partakers of that sin. Let's let's don't get to feeling like we're somebody now because we used to be just like they were. I promise you the Holy Ghost, just like it changed you, can change them. We have to believe that. We have to be open to God working in their lives in that way. We have to believe that God is able to deliver and set free and change a person's life. Hallelujah. And so when, when that community began to see and experience the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, as they moved out into Samaria, they began to open up their arms to people that they didn't associate with before. They wouldn't have been seen with. That's, that's when unprecedented revival came. That's when things begin to happen and occur that hadn't happened. Miracles begin to take place that hadn't happened before that moment or before that time. I think it's important that we realize that. God, help me to have open arms when it comes to sinners. I mean, not to be choosy when it comes to sinners, but whosoever will. And I've been, I've been on that a lot. I realize that, but I have just felt it resurfacing in my own spirit. God speaking to me concerning this and how important it is. And uh, there's, there's something about it when the Holy Ghost comes up on us that it brings a boldness with it. That's another thing that we read about. In Acts chapter 4, verse 7 there, it says, When they had set them in the midst, they asked. This is when they are asking them concerning the lame man at the gate, Beautiful, by what power, by what name have you done this? Then Peter, notice, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, This is the same man, again, that was vacillating, couldn't decide who he was with or what he was for. But when he got full of the Holy Ghost, he said unto them, Without any equivocation, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done in this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified. Now it took some boldness to look at them and say, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. 
you experts, you, you people that had experience in religion and all of this, like builders have experience in building, and you cast out the chief cornerstone, he said it's just the same when it comes to you. You rejected him in your religiosity, but he was the one that you've been looking for all along, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There was a boldness that came over them. How and why? Because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you this is a time for the church to be bold. This is a time for the church to be strong as a witness for God that I believe God is able to do a work. I believe God is able to raise people up. He's able to save people's souls. He's able to deliver you from whatever you may be bound by. That's right. And then in just a couple of chapters over, the Bible talks about some attributes of people that were filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 6, you know that there was, as the church began to grow, the needs of the church began to get overwhelming. And there was some people that were uh, widows that were being neglected, people that... that uh, well, there just wasn't enough hands to go around. The apostles could not minister to all the needs. The church had grown to that point and to that place. And so the daily ministration of the church was becoming a challenge. And so they began to pray about it. They said, you know, we have responsibilities that are paramount. We, we, we've got to be able to study the word and get a word from God and feed this congregation of people and there's certain things that we can't forfeit, and uh, you know we we've got to we've got to get a plan here. The Holy Ghost has got to help us, and so as they begin to pray and to converse with one another about this problem, verse three, chapter six of Acts, it says, "Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom." whom ye may appoint over this business. But ye will give yourselves, or we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And this saying, this is probably the greatest miracle, and this saying pleased the whole multitude. You're supposed to laugh there. I have said very few things that it pleased the whole multitude. But anyway, Notice, notice this. This is amazing. Right in there it says full of the Holy Ghost. But notice these other attributes. Honest report. Had wisdom. I'm going to tell you there's something about spiritual wisdom that supersedes the knowledge of man. I don't know how many testimonies I've heard of people that said, you know, logically and by what man would say and what would seem right, to us just thinking about it, the Lord said to do the opposite, it seemed like. And it turned out. I mean, you think about it. What logically sounds right about a man going into the city of thousands of people, doesn't know a soul, and starting a church? 
But this church and many like it are here today because of someone following the call of God and the wisdom of the Spirit rather than the wisdom of men. You say praise the Lord. And, and so I believe that God gives wisdom. And, a, and there was an appointment over business. In other words, they were able to administrate. And so uh, we see that these people possessed an honest report, good testimony, good reputation, and wisdom, and appointed over uh, business. And it pleased the whole multitude. In other words, there was unity around this idea. And then the results of these people being filled with the Holy Ghost was the Word. Verse 7, the Word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. What does that mean? That meant that they impacted. The modern-day equivalent to that is people of denominations and other faiths, people that hadn't seen the truth yet, in other words, would be impacted by this and come our direction and entire churches, entire congregations being converted because their leader was converted. I know that's hard for some of us to have faith for and get our minds around, but I've heard of entire churches being baptized. Matter of fact, right now in the country of Uganda, they are baptizing, it seems like month after month, the entire congregation, Trinitarian pastors, seeing the revelation of the oneness of God and coming to the truth and them and their entire congregations being baptized in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, God's able to do it in Texarkana. God's able to do it here. God's able to do it in East Texas. God's still able to give revival to this region. He's gave it in the past. He's able to do it again here and now. Right now, God is able to do a work among us. Come on, if you believe it, why don't you clap your hands to the Lord. Great things that God is doing. Great things that God wants to, to do through us being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's important that I be filled with the Spirit. No room for anything else in my life. Now, does that mean that, does that mean that there's, that we just are, are so caught up in the things of God and the Spirit of God and that, uh, well, like you've heard people say that uh, so heavenly minded nor earthly good, that you're so consumed with that that you just that you don't do anything as far as life is concerned. And uh, I know there was a thought and idea there for a while uh, that you know what there's no sense in me investing my life for any kind of education because the Lord's going to come before I get through. And uh, you know we just we just don't have to to even look ahead or plan for the future. Well, that's not a wise way to approach things. We live our lives and plan our lives as though there is going to be a future. But we also live in such a fervent position of leaning forward in our relationship with God that we understand that He could come tomorrow or He could come before we leave these premises tonight. That's how we got to live our lives in a daily 
mindset is that God, I want to I want to be prepared always, but I want to keep I want to keep doing what's best in my decisions and my choices and preparing myself to live in this world and make the biggest impact that I can, but I always want to keep you first. And I do believe in the principle of seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You believe that? Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand with me right now? What am I admonishing us in? I'm telling you that once you've ever experienced this, there ought to be a desire to go back and be renewed and refreshed in the Holy Ghost over and over and over and over again. Don't, 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 just, don't just get enough to get by or to make it from Sunday to Sunday, but stay full of the Holy Ghost. I, you know, I, I don't do it so much nowadays, but I, I used to have an aversion pumping gas. Uh, I, I still haven't got over that, but in other words, I, I just think, well, I'll, I'll get it on down the road, you know. Maybe a place on up yonder that's cheaper. Boy, I'm enjoying this cheap gas. If there's nothing else came out of this deal, I'm enjoying this cheap gas. I filled up for a dollar nine. Man, I hadn't seen those days in years and years. You know, I am old enough, I can say I'm old enough, <laughs> to have filled up for 67 cents a gallon. I don't think those days are coming back. Those people down on the Gulf hope they never come back. But right now, you know, kind of one good thing that's coming out of all of this is this cheap gas. And so, you know, you get to thinking, well, I can make it a little further. You know, nowadays we got those little gauges on there. You got 50 miles on it. You got 25 on it. If you're me, you got 10 miles on it. And then it comes on there a big zero. And some of us even know how much you can get out of zero. Isn't that amazing? You got 10 more miles even after this thing says zero. When this thing is dead on E, you, you got so many more miles to go. And sometimes, you know, that's a gamble, isn't it? I remember I was uh, I was preaching. Uh, I think it was the first peak they ever had. You know, you're trying to impress and all that kind of stuff. Don't you know people that you're not usually associating with? And we were going out to eat after one of the services, and uh, I was driving my, my wife's car, and uh, driving, and and I looked down and the gas was nearly gone. And uh, they, I was following. I didn't know where the restaurant was that they were going to, and I was following them. And uh, this entourage of people, and I said, oh, hopefully we can make it. I think we can make it. You know what? We made that last exit. We were going up a hill. You know what happens when you go up a hill with just a little bit of gas left, or none? <laughs> and, it, and as we were going up the hill, I felt that thing kind of, I said, oh, man, this is embarrassing. Within sight of the restaurant. And uh, the gentleman that was taking me to the, to the restaurant, or I was following to the restaurant. He got out of his car. He had to push it. His wife got out of his car, was helping me push it. People was driving by honking and waving. <laughs> and
And so the last night of the conference, they gave me a gas can as a memento. Sometimes I, I think about that in, in, in terms of us spiritually. You know, it's a gamble when you, when you kind of run towards the edge. Well, we don't want to we don't want to live life like that. We want to live life staying full. Don't take any chances. You don't know how far the journey is going to be. You don't know how far or what you're going to face tomorrow. Get out there in the desert of Mojave Desert out there going across there and it's unfamiliar territory. Gas stations sometimes are 100 plus miles apart. It's dry out. That's the last place you want to get stuck. Well, I'm going to tell you, the last place you want to be caught without the Holy Ghost infilling in your life is when you, you, you hit a struggle or a dry place. That's why you've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. That's what carries you through those points in your journey. Why don't you raise your hands with me right now and let's thank the Lord and praise Him. I thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I exalt your name. I want to stay full of the Holy Ghost. I want to stay full of your spirit. I want to stay renewed in the Holy Ghost. God bless you so much for your attentiveness tonight. Let's remember. 